Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 4, Text 10. Tamano Kusha Varta Ilavarto Brahmavarto Malayaketur Bhadrasena Indras Prigvidar Bhaki Kataiti Navanavati Pradhanaha Tam Him Anu Following Kushavarta Kushavarta Ilavartaha Ilavarta Brahmavartaha Brahmavarta Malayaha Malaya Malay Malay is coming from here Ketu Ketu Bhadrasenaha Bhadrasena Indrasprik Indrasprik Vidarbha Vidarbha Kikataha Kikata Iti Das Nava Nine Navati Ninety Pradhanaha Older than Translation by Stavangri Sayyidan Swami Shri Prabhupada Translation following Bharata, there were 99 other sons. Among these were nine elderly sons, namely Pushavarta, Ilavarta, Brahmavarta, Malaya, Ketu, Bhadrasena, Indrasprik, Vidarbha, and Kikata. Please repeat following Bharata, there were 99 other sons. Among these were nine elderly sons. Named Kushavarta, Ilavarta, Brahmavarta, Malaya Ketu Bhadrasena, Indrasprak Vidarbha and Kikata. That's all. Uh, see whether the audio is coming through properly or not. Huh? So we'll go to the Next verses eleven and twelve. Tavir Havir Antarikshaha Prabuddha Pipalayanaha Avirhat Avirhotrotha Drumilash Chamasahakarabhajanaha Itibhagavatat I don't know if it is even a verse or a Wait. Wait. I will understand if I do this. Prose. Not all. This one was verse. Now it is prose. Second one is prose. Bhagavata Dharma Darshana Nava Mahabhagavata Stesham Sucharitam Bhagavan Mahimob Pabrim Hitam Vasudeva Narada Samvadam Upashamanayam Upashamayanam Uparishtad Varna Yishyamaha. In addition to these sons were Kavi, Havi, Antariksha, Prabuddha, Pippalayana, Avirhotra, Drumila, Chamasa, and Karabhajana. 
these were very all very exalted advanced devotees and authorized preachers of Srimad Bhagavatam. These devotees were glorified due to their strong devotion to Vasudeva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, they were very exalted. To satisfy the mind perfectly, I, Shukadeva Goswami, shall hereafter describe the characteristics of these nine devotees when I discuss the conversation between Narada and Vasudeva. So, actually, um, okay, I think I'll read the next one as well. Verse 13. Yaviyamsa ekashitir jayante yaha pitur adeshakara mahashalina mahashrotriya yajnashilaha karma vishuddha brahmana babhuvuhu. In addition to these 19 sons mentioned above, there were 81 younger ones, all born of Rishabhadev and Jayanti. According to the order of their father, they became well-cultured, well-behaved, very pure in their activities and expert in Vedic knowledge and the performance of Vedic rituals. Thus, they all became perfectly qualified Brahmanas. From this verse, we have good information of how the caste are qualified according to quality and work. Rishabdev, a king, was certainly a Kshatriya. He had a hundred sons, and out of these, ten were engaged as Kshatriyas and ruled the planet. Nine sons became good preachers of Srimad Bhagavatam, Mahabhagavatas, and this indicates that they were above the position of Brahmanas. The other 81 sons became highly qualified Brahmanas. These are some practical examples of how one can become fit for a certain type of activity by qualification, not by birth. All the sons of Maharaj Rishabdev were Kshatriyas by birth, but by quality some of them became Kshatriyas and some became Brahmanas. Nine became preachers of Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavata Dharma Darshanaha, which means that they were above the categories of Kshatriya and Brahmana. Om Agyanatimarandhasya Gyananjana Shalakya Chakshurun Melitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamaham Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganaraghunathan Vitam Tam Sajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahaganalalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha he Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamostute Taptakanchana Gaurangi Rathe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haritriye Vansha Kalpatarudhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namonamaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Namine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So these sons that are mentioned of uh, Dev, their description pretty much 
is until all the way until the, almost the end of the bhagavatam until the 11th end of the 11th canto 12th canto is basically conclusion um predictions of kali yuga and the last instructions of sukta goswami to parikshit maharaj so the major chunk of shrimad bhagavatam is rishabdev and his sons <clears throat> so this nine mahabhagavatas the navayogendras they are called navayogendras so maharaj nimi his conversation with the navayogendras is narrated by narad muni to yudhishthir maharaj and that conversation is quoted by sukadev goswami to parikshit maharaj so it's actually all about conversations so conversations are very important especially when they are about krishna in fact any conversation shapes the thinking of a person nowadays podcasts are very popular people are listening to podcasts because conversations long form conversations and you get a deep understanding of a particular subject and a particular mode of thinking of a person by listening to him for a prolonged version unlike these tiktok youtube shorts and instagram reels which are just less than 1 minute um, there's not much context where but when there is a long form conversation then there is understanding now in uh, that's why in our uh, devotional line shravanam is the first thing shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam so this is the core activity of devotees shravanam and kirtanam now sukadev goswami quoting naradamuni who in turn was quoting the navayogendras to maharaj nimi this is the definition of puran hari krishna can you i think that side is the problem hari krishna hari krishna at the at the port hari krishna hari krishna i think for the online audience this will be this will be more clearer than with the mic because mic there will be some kind of a resound hari krishna hari krishna hare krishna hari bol hari bol hare krishna hare krishna others we can scrap the mic we have to find a solution for this i think that uh, that end of the cable has to be repaired hare krishna hare krishna okay never mind wasting our time <clears throat> so shravanam kirtanam vishnu so the definition of puran yeah that was what i was saying puran and itihas what is the difference itihas means history puran means old but there is a difference between these two itihas itihasa does it happened the definition of itihas is 
ಧರ್ಮಾರ್ಥಕಾಮಮೋಕ್ಷಾಣಾಂ ಉಪದೇಶ ಸಮನ್ವಿತಂ ಪೂರ್ವವೃತ್ತಕಥಾಯುಕ್ತ ಇತಿಹಾಸ ಪ್ರಚಕ್ಷತೆ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಧರ್ಮೋತ್ತರ ಪುರಾಣ ಕೋಟೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ಬೃಹತ್ ಭಾಗವತಾಮೃತ ಟೂ ಡಾಟ್ ಒನ್ ಡಾಟ್ ಹಂಡ್ರೆಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟೆನ್ ಸೊ ಟೂ ಡಾಟ್ ಒನ್ ಯಾ ಒನ್ ಯಾ ಸೊ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಪೂರ್ವವೃತ್ತಕಥಾಯುಕ್ತ ದ ನರೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಪಾಸ್ಟ್ ಆರ್ ಹಿಸ್ಟೋರಿಕಲ್ ಇನ್ಸಿಡೆನ್ಸಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ಆನ್ ಧರ್ಮಾರ್ಥ ಧರ್ಮಾರ್ಥ ಕಾಮಮೋಕ್ಷ ಆನ್ ರಿಲಿಜಿಯಸ್ ಪ್ರಿನ್ಸಿಪಲ್ಸ್ ಇಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಡೆವಲಪ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ರೆಗ್ಯುಲೇಟೆಡ್ ಸೈನ್ಸ್ ಗ್ರಾಟಿಫಿಕೇಷನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಲಿಬರೇಷನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಪ್ರೇಮ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಪುಮರ್ಥು ಮಹಾನ್ ದ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಪುರುಷಾರ್ಥ ಪಂಚಮ ಪುರುಷಾರ್ಥ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಇನ್ಕ್ಲೂಡೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೂಪರ್ ಸೆಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೋಕ್ಷ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಸಬ್ಸೆಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೋಕ್ಷ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಇಸ್ ದ ಹೈಯೆಸ್ಟ್ ಎಲಿವೇಷನ್ ಇನ್ ಮೋಕ್ಷ ಸೊ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಮೇ ಬಿ ಆಫ್ ಲೆಸ್ಸರ್ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಪುರಾಣಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಆಫ್ ಧರ್ಮಾರ್ಥ ಕಾಮ ಮೋಕ್ಷ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಆರ್ ಆಫ್ ದಟ್ ಗ್ರೆಡೇಷನ್ ಇನ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಅಡ್ವಾನ್ಸ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಸ್ಪೆಷಲಿ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಇಸ್ ಡೀಲಿಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಹೈಯೆಸ್ಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಪ್ರಮಾಣಮಲಂ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಪ್ರಮಾಣಮಲಂ ನೋ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ವರ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಪ್ರಮಾಣಮಲಂ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ವರ್ಸ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಮಹಾಪ್ರಭು ಆರಾಧ್ಯೋ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವ್ರಜೇಶತನಯಸ್ ತದ್ಧಾಮ ವೃಂದಾವನ ರಮ್ಯಾ ಕಾಚಿದುಪಾಸನಾ ವ್ರಜವಧೂ ವರ್ಗೇಣ ಯಾ ಕಲ್ಪಿತ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ಭಾಗವತ ಪ್ರಮಾಣಮಲಂ ಪ್ರೇಮಾಪುಮರ್ಥೋ ಮಹಾನ್ ಶ್ರೀಚೈತನ್ಯ ಮಹಾಪ್ರಭೋರ್ಮತಮಿದಂ ತತ್ರಾದರಾನಪರಾಹ ಸೋ ದ ಫೈವ್ ಆಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಮಹಾಪ್ರಭುಸ್ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಮ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ಭಾಗವತಂ ಇಸ್ ದ ಹೈಯೆಸ್ಟ್ um evidence of religious principles higher scripture and it advocates prema love of godhead which is the highest manifestation of moksha so itihasa means itihasa does it happen and i have recorded it that means the person who is writing it is observing what is happening and he is writing it as he is observing it that is itihasa valmiki was the same in uh, the case of ramayan vyasadeva in the case of mahabharat they were both there at the time in fact of course valmiki even wrote before it you know it is said that he wrote before the thing even started something like that um not very sure though because that's how it is shown sometimes mostly in the movies that he already wrote it before ram came everything and valmiki knew that this was love and kusha you know he knew it beforehand of course um i have to verify that but these kind of munis they are trikalagya narad muni is also trikalagya he knows what is going to happen what is going to come so valmiki was there at the time of ramayana vyasadeva was there at the time of mahabharata but puran means that which is carried down narration which is not directly seen but 
heard from authoritative sources by a disciplic succession and then it is recorded much later. Like Prahlad Maharaj's activities were, you know, millions of years old. But it was written 5,000 years ago in Bhagavatam. So such things, they're not exactly then and there happened. Does it happen at the time? No. It was much before. It was carried down by disciplic succession and then it was recorded. So that is Puran. So there is a technical difference between Itihas and Purana. So anyway, um, so in this way there are, so each of these Sanskrit terms has specific significance and when these words are used, they know exactly, I mean, those who know, they know exactly what they're talking about. They don't interchange one for the other. But of course, in Bhagavatam, we have also the um, activities of Krishna that happened there when Vyasadeva was there also. Like Uttara, Shukadeva Goswami, Parishad Maharaj, and stuff, you know, those incidences happened then and there. So it's kind of itihas also is, in, is there in the Bhagavatam. But then conversations of conversations that happened at the time of much earlier um, histories. And if you see, it's a conversation within a conversation within a conversation within a conversation like that. You know, Bhagavatam nested conversations. So, <clears throat> so this um, Bharat Maharaj, uh, his history is very pivotal in the Bhagavatam because his sons, their history carries forward all the way to the end of the Bhagavatam. Half of the Bhagavatam is almost their uh, activities and related activities branching out to other activities. So, the main focus on these kinds of I mean, Quran and Itihas, the main focus is not the chronology, but the message. It doesn't really matter when it happened, but the things that we can learn from the history is what is described. So now in these few verses that we have read, very stark um, point here is the Varnashram system. And not only Varnashram, because the Mahabhagavatas were above the Varnashram. So the whole Vedic system is based on meritocracy and not on nepotism. Meritocracy means if you are qualified to do some work, you do that work. Which is even now that is the case. I mean, at least it's supposed to be. Sometimes there is nepotism and favoritism going on. Um, but if you want a functioning system anywhere, you have to have qualified people to run the specific departments and tasks. Otherwise, it is just a system in name, but it has no relevance, no function, nothing. If I have in a company a chief executive officer who doesn't execute anything, then there is namesake. If I have a coder, I mean a software developer, he doesn't do anything about software learning. He is just maintaining some screws and nuts and bolts. Then there is, I mean, it's a mismatch of the title and the work. So a person who is titled, his title should be according to the work he is doing. And also he has to serve a purpose in the entire mission of the organization. So now, today, the concept of Varna and Ashram 
and religion in fact has become just um, ceremonial I profess this religion, you profess that religion, I profess this varna, you profess that varna. If you make it birth-based, it will um, be of no relevance. I am, uh, my, my great-grandfather was an engineer, an engineer, engineer. So, 10 generations down, I am engineer therefore. But I am actually maybe doing some business. So, how am I an engineer then anymore? So, so this namesake thing actually doesn't hold any water. I mean, it doesn't <clears throat> make any sense. <clears throat> and it is useless for all practical purposes. And therefore, religion today is relegated to a, a format, I mean, a, a position where it is just, you know, if you want to practice, if that is what gives you strength to do our work, our economic work, that's fine, you do. It's your own personal thing. So the secularism is a way in which the government is trying to divorce itself from uh, religion. But that is exactly what should not be done. If the government is divorced from, from religion, <clears throat> then the, it'll, everything will fall apart. Will fall apart. At every position, there has to be some law which has to govern. Even the governmental constitutional laws that are there in any country, the structure came from religion. I've explained this before. Uh, even though you may say secular. For example, marriage. The definition of marriage is there in every constitution of every country. And based on that, the housing arrangement, the education arrangement for the children, the everything is based off of that definition of family being man and woman and you know their relationship and their children in that way and then there can be any semblance of any structure but if you remove that and where is that marriage coming from the concept of marriage is from religion so it's not a atheistic uh, um, you know invention no it was a religious injunction in every religious form and that only actually gave any order to even our current constitution even though we may say it is secular or atheistic and to, um, what is that antagonistic <clears throat> so ah, sorry agnostic sorry agnostic or um, atheistic it cannot have any structure so that is just uh, that is not even proper structure family is just one aspect what about if we consider the welfare the government is supposed to be for the welfare of the people and if we understand that we are eternal then our welfare should be considered of not only in this life, but also of the next life. And therefore, then the law of karma is there. So those things which are sinful should be uh, prohibited by the government. Those things which are pious should be encouraged by the government. Those things which are spiritual should be, you know, as much as possible encouraged. And all kind of arrangements should be made to propel the population towards that. So, this is the function of the government, if they are for the welfare. Now, without God consciousness, without Krishna consciousness, atheism, where is the direction? What is the North Star? What is the goal? Where are we heading? Hmm? There is no navigation, nothing, nothing works anymore. Everybody is having, so the only uh, 
north star there say is the economic development so they say if you have more economic growth then there will be more facilities for the people and that will bring happiness so artha and kama are sufficient and it doesn't matter in which way we gather artha and which way we have kama that is the thing that is going on this is asura civilization no dharma dharma should be employed in the um um accumulation of artha artha means economic development kama means sense gratification so dharma first hmm. religious principles first and then uh, economic development then regulated sense gratification there is regulation is there and there that's where marriage all comes in otherwise animals don't have marriage they have kama without any restriction and if we have the same thing here without any restriction <coughs> all structures are broken <coughs> because now you may say then there will be no structure even in animal life well in animal life there is a natural structure because you know if you see in animal life there is a certain season where the animals um, have the sexual desires aroused not at all times the animal can have i can see the another animal naked and it won't be so disturbed if he is not in heat but humans are not the same we have such inordinately powerful senses that they can be aroused at any moment and therefore if you see in the animal kingdom all the births happen at one time because the pregnancy period is is certain period and the, the copulation happens there is a mating season where everybody mates and then the children all come out at almost at the same time but that's not the case in human life hmm. so if we don't have any structure oh all chaos all hell breaks loose so everything has to be structured and the structure is coming from religion hmm. we did not invent the idea of marriage we did not invent all these um rules <clears throat> coming from religion so therefore if we naturally look for any structure it has to come from god so um following this system varnashram system is the proper way to um mold the human life hum- humanity towards god consciousness the purpose of varnashram system is to organize the society in such a way that everybody is employed in their respective duties and everybody's sustenance is taken care of and employed not just employed like our employment what is that ministry of manpower is there for employment it is a very degenerated form of varnashram because employment in vedic civilization the growth i mean the kpi key performance index is the um what is that spiritual development of the people not the finance financial development of the people because if i have a lot of finances then i will engage in sense gratification and i will my human life is um destroyed i mean it's a ruin so that is not the focus of vedic civilization 
somebody the other day he was asking i was saying in the live stream that we are not we should not uh, vedic system is not capitalist and not communist as well it is not capitalist because capitalism involves profit making and profit making inherently involves exploitation for example if i have to manufacture a phone why they have factories in china cheap labor that means if you pay the same labor in i mean same amount for labor in america there will be protests but because the other country they do not have such exposure of convenience that is found in america they will accept the less salary so they're basically exploiting but if they come to know or and if there is a way that they can fight it they will fight it just because they're not fighting does not mean it is not exploitation you are trying to exploit them and then get it cheaper my screen will be gone right what yeah i screen i shared entire screen no what what okay so what was i saying you wait for a while came right it is there i can see the Oh. Okay. <clears throat> well, we have totally lost everything. Where was I? Uh, anyway, I was selling something. Anyway, this is what I hate. Absolutely hate distractions. <clears throat> huh? Yeah, that's where I was. Exploitation. Capitalism means exploitation. Just profit making. There's no ethics. Somehow or other, if you can get profit, only when there is protest, then you will try to address so-called ethical principles to to keep population at. you know at peace don't shake the leg at peace so that you can run your thing and as long as people don't see those uh, exploitations you will continue with the exploitation as long as there is no protest it's only a damage control one does when there is protest so there is no real welfare and to oppose this there came communism but communism is just another way of exploitation because there is certain elite class of people they will have all kinds of luxuries whereas the rest they are treated so called equally and again it's all based on atheism and they are they are not rewarded in any way materially there is no reward 
spiritually there is no reward the harder you work is not that you will get more and a combination of both is found today in china kind of socialist not communist not capitalist but a mixture of both socialist state which is kind of <clears throat> have some semblance of capitalism where there is in businesses and everything but then the government is absolutely communist there is no democracy nothing so <clears throat> they're trying to do that and you can see the result yeah maybe you can have all this infrastructure i mean flyovers and trains and metros metropolis metropolitan cities but the quality of the life of the people spiritually speaking is zero so the vedic system is none of these not socialist not capitalist not uh, communist ours is of course shri prabhupada says spiritual communism ours is based that on the same concept of communism but where krishna is the leader and for him everything has to be done and ye yathamam prapadyante tam sathaiva bhajami hum as much as we do for him that much he will be rewarded and it's not just material reward it's more more spiritual reward we should not equate spiritual advancement to material progress oh if i get more riches that means i'm more spiritual advanced no that's not the case brahmanas stay impoverished uh, but they're most spiritually most advanced so anyway um we are um, so he was asking in that live stream oh well then what is our system then our system is actually welfare system um spiritual welfare system where everybody the varnashram system is geared towards spiritual advancement of everybody of course you you need artha it is not that you know we don't have artha there has to be the army there has to be you know production of natural supplies and what is the point of becoming a millionaire for example you can be rich yes but then what are you going to do with that why do you need so much money we don't need actually it's unnecessary hmm. so the whole point in vedic civilization is that you can just stay with as much as you have and then use the rest of it for welfare and you know um, krishna consciousness which is the highest welfare so for example nanda maharaj he had 900000 cows almost a million cows that is considered rich richness in those days was counted by how many cows you have how much land you have um and of course gold and you know such um <clears throat> important um, things which were actually precious unlike today just paper speculation just distorted financial system but finance finances don't have to be so distorted and so complicated actually this have to be very simple the greed is what made financial system so complex i still today i cannot understand much of the financial system because i don't know it's just like in financial instruments just you know they will know all banking bankers so too many financial instruments of everything everything and everything is what is the need basically we need food we need shelter we need clothing if these can be had by all the population that's it there is no overpopulation overpopulate what is overpopulation 
It means, oh, you don't have enough resources in the, on the planet to support those extra growth in population. Why the rich has to be having 80 cars and you know, what is the need? You don't need anything actually. Um, so all that can be distributed to the other people who can who actually need. And it's only because of greed that there is so-called mismanagement. And then we conveniently blame population for it as if there's no mistake on my part. So in this way, we are going on. So taxes have to be paid. And if, if the country, if the ruler, if the ruler, he takes care of the people, just like a father does, people will be glad to pay taxes. That tax is actually a religious contribution. You know, because such tax will go into the upkeep of the country, spiritually, materially, everything. The Kshatriyohe Prajarakshan Shastrapani Pradandayan Nirjitya Parasainyadi Kshitim Dharmena Palayet. This is the duty of Kshatriya as stated in Parashar Smriti. It is quoted in 232 purport of Bhagavad Gita. Now, this is important. Kshatriya's duty is to protect the citizens from all kinds of difficulties. And for that reason, he has to apply violence in suitable cases for law and order. Therefore, he has to conquer the soldiers of inimical kings and thus with religious principles, he should rule over the world. So there is no way that the government can exist without religion. Kshitim dharmena palayat. With dharma, one has to rule the world. And now, protect. Kshatriya means kshatrayate. Kshat means um, uh, suffering, uh, difficulty. Put, protect the citizens from all kinds of difficulties. What are the kinds of difficulties that are there? What are the kinds of difficulties? We are saying all kinds of difficulties. What are the kinds of difficulties that are there? Okay, those are for those who cannot do anything even with the ruler. Huh? Ah, adhyatmik, adhibhautik, adhidaivik. So the ruler's position is not only, duty is not only to protect from another army, which is adhibhautik misery, but adhyatmik. For example, disease can be adhyatmik, adhibhautik, partly both, because if if I am healthy, if I take care of my health, then lesser chance of disease affecting me. So that's adhyatmic. But the disease itself may be a parasite. It can be adhibhautik. A combination. So it's not exactly always pure adhyatmic, adhibhautik, adhibhautik. It's a combination of all. Now, all he has to protect, adhyatmic. So there should be no disease. So there has to be cleanliness. There has to be... Now, we are only counting material or, or physical gross body, gross bodily sufferings. What about the mental suffering? Adhyatma, there is also Adhyatma. Um, then there is Adhi Daivik, natural calamities which come because of the dissatisfaction of the demigods, because of our non-performance of Yajna. So there religion comes in. So therefore, and uh, let me show you. Uh, a little bit more detailed explanation of 
Kshatriya's duties in this verse. 429.81, I think. So here, in this verse, Prachina Barhi Rajarshihi Praja Sargabhi Rakshane Adisha Putranagamat Tapase Kapilashramam. Now, this second line, Praja Sargabhi Rakshane. This is Rajarshi. Uh, first of all, he has to be Raja and Rishi at the same time. Huh? He has to be a sagacious king, a sage by character and a king by profession. Now, such a Rajarshi, Praja Sargabhi Rakshane. Now, that phrase is explained in the purport. Now, the word Praja Sarga is very important in this verse. When the saintly king Prachinabharhi was induced by the great sage Narada to leave home and take to the devotional service of the Lord, his sons had not yet returned from their austerities in the water. However, he did not wait for their return, but simply left messages to the effect that his sons were to protect the mass of citizens. According to Veera Raghava Acharya, this is from Sri Sampradaya, such protection means organizing the citizens into the specific divisions of the four varnas and four ashramas. It was the responsibility of the royal order to see that the citizens were following the regulatory principles of the four varnas, namely Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra and ashramas, namely Brahmacharya, Grahastha, Vanaprastha and Sanyasa. It is very difficult to rule citizens in a kingdom without organizing this varnashram dharma. To rule the mass of citizens in a state and keep them in a complete progressive order is not possible simply by passing laws every year in a legislative assembly. The Varnashram Dharma is essential in a good government. One class of men, the Brahmanas, must be intelligent and Brahmanically qualified. Another class must be trained in administrative work, Kshatriya, another in mercantile business, Vaishya, and another simply in labor, Shudra. These four classes of men are already there according to nature, but it is the government's duty to see that all four of these classes follow the principles of their Varnas methodically. This is called Abhirakshana or protection. When this is done, then People are employed, number one. Why unemployment is there today? It's not because there are not enough jobs. There are way, I mean, there are enough jobs for all. But people are trained only to become Sudras. The Brahmana positions are vacant, completely vacant. Kshatriyas are almost completely vacant because all Kshatriyas, basically, Mlechas are ruling the world. So, those who are not qualified are occupying the post of such... Um, elevated positions and people who are qualified to become brahmanas they are trained to become shudras and they were proud of it oh sundar pichai um, satya nadella uh, paragagarwal and you know all kinds of indians who are dominating the tech space and um, even now political space like rishi sunak in britain <clears throat> so that is counted as oh we are now the leaders in every sphere but no that is not the point not to become a leader among Shudras. That's not our, that's not the certificate we want to have or we want to boast about. We should, <clears throat> everybody should be employed according to Varnashram and then there will be enough. There will be enough, enough employment. How can there not be enough employment if you do this Varnashram? You know, there's no way that you will have unemployment. There's no chance. Now, there is an inordinate supply of Shudras, not much demand for Shudras. AI is taking over. Many jobs, millions of jobs will be laid off just because of AI. So, <laughs> the other day, 
I was uh, this uh, clip, video clip surfaced and um, it was in America. So one of the news anchor, he's kind of a political activist as well, but he is not running any government position in America. So he was asked, if you were to become president, would you remove the jobs of the truck drivers and replace it with AI, I mean like what is self-driving trucks, if the technology comes to that point. He said, absolutely no, because they need income. So we have to have truck drivers. Now, there is some truth to that. In fact, we are also not, the, the tractors have rendered the bulls useless and therefore they are now being killed. So although it is taken as a sign of advancement, technological advancement, but it is a regression in the matter of religious principles. So you are having it only at the cost of religious principles, the economic development that we are having. So in that way, yes, maybe AI will do this. But if one is trained according to the guna and karma and employed accordingly, then AI can come or whatever can come. I mean, sages had huge yogic powers, which is basically like, you know, not artificial intelligence, real intelligence. And they can manifest planets, they can manifest aeroplanes, they can, you know, Pushpaka Viman was just flying at will. You don't need a pilot. Then pilot job is lost. Oh, you, no, they're not really, you know. And <clears throat> so it is not really a concern because if, oh, if the pilot job is gone, there's no other job. No, there is jobs. If one is trained for that, then why not he take other jobs, which are you know more valuable. We need millions of Brahmanas. Prabhupada said, if even 1% of the population is Brahmanas, the whole world will be purified. 1% only enough. And if you take 8 billion people, 1% is 80 million Brahmanas. Qualified. Not these names are useless fellows. Yeah. If we have, suppose devotees, Hare Krishna devotees, 80 million preachers. Brahmanas means Brahma Janati. So Janati, some knowledge should be there. Right? Not like sitting down rascals, Prabhupada said. No? I don't want sitting down rascals. I want Arjuna or I want no one. So, of course, we have to be that category. Of course, some people will be doing Vaishya work, which is like farm, cow protection. And, but we have to have, by example, and by preaching, by precept and by um, example, we must have people teaching the proper way of life. So some people will teach by speaking, other people will teach just by living their life. Now, if there is, suppose, a farm community, um, cow protection, agriculture, and their you know, devotees are actually taking care of the farm and growing you know, uh, crops and taking care of cows, just by doing that, they are putting an example, they are teaching the population on a practical alternative to modern Ugra Karma life. Ugra Karma means um, horrible work. So much work that it saps out the very human energy completely. The life is wasted. Morning to night working and night also working. and yeah. <laughs> So, no time for spiritual life, no time for anything. The focus is uh, work life. Yeah. 
so it has become like that now it should not be like that it has the order has reversed now most important is work is that so or home but most time is spent in work next home then next uh, temple last if you have time once in a year festival time you go and bow down and come back so it should be the other way around that temple should be first spiritual life is first the soul is first i mean we are the soul yes we have to have some activities in adjusting with this material world that we have to do but the main focus is spiritual growth bhakti sadan bhakti sadan thakur said there are two kinds of instructions in bhakti vinod thakur bhakti vinod both of them robot also repeated them. two types of instructions in the vedas one type of instruction is how to adjust in this material world how to live in this material world without getting contaminated by it and second instruction is how to grow our spiritual life pure cultivation so pravritti marga nivritti marga <clears throat> so for those who are still attached most of us are attached and therefore there is this a uh, transition phase which is the varnashram system varnashram system is a transition phase from material to spiritual a smooth transition where the guna and karma of the person material guna and karma they are put to good use and and he is encouraged in spiritual growth in krishna consciousness and eventually he will become purely spiritual that is sanyas that is sanyasi and mahabhagavat here the nine sons of bharat navayogendras they became mahabhagavat they were ready for that they went others were not as advanced they became brahmanas others were not as advanced they became kshatriyas but not really not advanced but they were also ruling according to religious principles and today our provinces like even malaysia is one of the sons of bharat maharaj malaya hmm? malayalam is also malaya malay also is malaya i think both there is some kind of um, um, connection i am speculating so um, <clears throat> malaya and uh, kikata means bihar no bihar province that is kikata desha Brahm, uh, that verse where buddha is predicted in bhagavatam kikateshu and i've mentioned that so kikata is actually one of the son of sons of bharat maharaj so in this way if you see bharatvarsh was the whole planet and all those subdivisions of those planets are named according to different kings but ultimately it was bharatvarsh so in this way varnas and ashramas are you know instituted Mm-hmm. naturally naturally there is my current article for the magazine gotra dharma so the all these words are actually related to gotra right? varna kula jati um santana uh, parampara sampradaya um parivar all these are related and if you take only the seminal descent 
it will not make it will become irrelevant after some time even if i say i am from this gotra how am i going to verify who is going to verify it you know just accept and even if i have okay even if i am in that gotra how is it relevant today except for maybe marriage where you know incest is uh, avoided by proper knowing of gotra or something like that other than that what is the real purpose of gotra flaunting our gotra or whatever what is the real purpose doesn't make any sense but if you make it based on guna and karma it becomes the life force of universal management and that was that is actual topic of that article it's not just relevant and uh, traceable but it becomes a life force of how to manage the entire system materially and spiritually um that's why that word yatkrito gotra dharma one of the five glories the five glories of krishna is summarized in 109047 so yatkrito gotra dharma that phrase is actually one of the most important because when krishna comes and goes he does pastimes and goes but then dharma samsthapana arthaya he says i come here to reestablish religious principles now he does that on many fronts many fronts um he makes his devotees appear in families and purifies those families because family traditions become degenerated over time so when the devotees become manifest in such families again it's reset so even though sometimes devotees may take birth in odd families sometimes hanuman monkey jatayu bird vulture and i mean we have many examples from downtrodden families who became satyakam jabal of chandogya upanishad i mean there are so many examples in our vedic history where downtrodden people are you know purified by proper instruction proper culture so such um such things are mentioned in our shastra and if we if we do by guna and karma like that then it becomes very relevant very traceable if i am saying i am gaudiya vaishnava i am a descendant of chaitanya mahaprabhu or nityananda prabhu nityananda vamsha is there they are doing by seminal line but after some time they don't look like any devotees you know what is the use of the nityananda vamsha or the adava you know i mean some people say they flaunt you know we used to have a, i used to go to school in auto you know 10 people 10 students like their neighborhoods they all go to school so the auto driver his name was some yadav he saying i am yadav you know krishna you know we worship krishna you are driving auto and he is not doing any worship of krishna nothing sometime maybe once in a while he will go to some temple somewhere and he will go to every demigod temple also like that in the same way so what is the meaning of yadav what is the meaning of some families have goswami in their title some one actress is also goswami no one bollywood actress is goswami half naked goswami so then we have um um big big type chaturvedi trivedi you know um uh, rigvedi so like this there are so many all these are namesake now now trivedi if somebody has trivedi is just like 
what you what not even one veda not even one shloka he knows of one veda so what is the point so it is just a name sake but when it is um, if i am trivedi and if i actually know three vedas then yes it is relevant the title has relevance if i say doctor so and so i understand that he is either a medically professional doctor or a you know doctorate of philosophy of research in particular subject there is some relevance to the title now these are all titles if i am a gaudiya vaishnava if i say i am a gaudiya vaishnava and i should be checked whether my behavior is as a gaudiya vaishnava otherwise i am not true to my descent or I, my you know parampara or my disciplic succession so it doesn't matter whether one is seminal or not seminal it's not that seminal descendants are immediately rejected no if they are qualified they should be as good as any other descendant like bhaktisiddhan saraswati thakur we never say that it is nepotism oh bhaktivinoda thakur acharya therefore he made his son also into an acharya in the same discipline succession corruption is going on then the six goswami also corrupted no rupa goswami sanatan goswami jiva goswami all two uncles one nephew <laughs> nepotism is going on no there were quality nobody nobody questions nepotism there because there is qualification and the kings they used to be yes the next in line he, the son the son you know the, like that they used to become kings but nobody used to question no protest because they were qualified if you are qualified nobody will object to your nepotism nepotism is only condemned when the descendant is utterly fool and then he is occupying the post so then it makes everything makes sense everything is traceable oh you are uh, um say actually gotra is only one aspect there are four there is gotra there is sutra there is um, what is that um division that means actually you will find this in the 12th canto of shrimad bhagavatam vyasadeva when he wrote the four vedas he taught his disciples and he gave them okay the rigveda this sutra this few sutra okay you take over so they study that and then they propagate that and then they expand on it and like that so each and some people they will learn three vedas all together some people some four vedas dvivedi trivedi chaturvedi like that or ekvedi they don't say because they say by the name yajurvedi um, rigvedi like that so there is gotra there is sutra there is you know the two others i forget so then so so many so that means you are your family is they um, studying this section of the vedas and they are expert at this if somebody else wants to consult another scholar of another section of the vedas wants to consult about this he will approach this family where this is particularly studied and expanded upon and then they can have such knowledge sharing and in, in, in this way they are experts it's not that they don't know the other sections of the vedas but they are expert in this so in this way vedic study was divided and when a person is mahabhagavat and then he reconciles all the different um religious instructions and he propagates the ultimate conclusion of all religion dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam nihito guhayam mahajano yena gatah sapantha mahajan mahatma who are completely surrendered to krishna pure devotees they propagate pure devotional service hmm. <clears throat> such persons may not be very expert in some technical aspects of the vedas especially in the karmakanda section they may not be even very good at pronouncing the words 
but they are very expert in the conclusions of scriptures that is stated here shaunaka the rishi the rishis headed by shaunaka in the naimisharanya they told suta goswami this they glorified suta goswami but it sounds like a partial insult let's look at this tatsarvamna samatakshva krishto yadiha kinchana manye tvam vishaye vacham snatam anyatra chandasat chandasat sorry see this glorification it's a peculiar glorification we know that you are expert in the meaning of all subjects except some portion of the vedas and thus you can clearly explain the answers to all the questions we have just put to you he did not say they did not say you are expert in all sections of the vedas no 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 you are expert in the meaning of all subjects except some portion is that an insult or a praise <laughs> it sounds like a partial insult there but the purport clarifies the difference between the vedas and the puranas is like that between the brahmanas and the parivratikas the brahmanas are meant to administer some fruitive sacrifices mentioned in the vedas but the parivrajaka acharyas or learned preachers are meant to disseminate transcendental knowledge to one and all as such the parivrajaka acharyas are not always expert in pronouncing the vedic mantras which are practiced systematically by accent and meter by the brahmanas who are meant for administering vedic rites yet it should not be considered that the brahmanas are more important than the itinerant preachers itinerant means traveling itinerant itinerant preachers they are one and different simultaneously because they are meant for the same end in different ways there is no difference also between the vedic mantras and what is explained in the puranas and itihasas according to shri jeeva goswami it is mentioned in the madhyandini madhyandina shruti that all the vedas namely the sama atharva rig yajur puranas itihasas upanishads etc are emanations from the breathing of the supreme being the only differences are that the vedic mantras mostly begin with the pranava omkara and that it requires some training to pronounce the metrical accent without which the mantras cannot be successfully chanted although shri suta goswami was a preacher of the first order that means the best preacher he did not bother much about the metrical pronunciation of the vedic mantras but that does not mean that shrimad bhagavatam is of less importance than the vedic mantras on the contrary it is the ripened fruit of all the vedas as stated before besides that the most perfectly liberated soul shri sukadev goswami is absorbed in the studies of the bhagavatam although he is already self realized shri suta goswami is following in his footsteps and therefore his position is not the least less important because he was not expert in chanting vedic mantras with metric pronunciation which depends more on practice than actual realization realization is more important than parrot like chanting so this is the difference between the parivrajakas parivrajaka acharyas and brahmanas this is the difference between just uh, pronunciation of vedic mantras and actual realization of the um, conclusion of the all the vedas <clears throat> so another phrase that subala prabhu shared the other time i think it's i don't know yeah saragrahi and bharavahi so saragrahi means those who are extractors of essence bharavahi means those who are carriers of burden so if i carry so much burden of wealth 
which does not give me Krishna consciousness. If I have taken so much labor to memorize so many shlokas, so many everything, but in the end I don't have devotion for the Lord, then it is bharavahi. It is carrying of burden only. Shrama evahi kevalam. Bharavahi. Saragrahi means to take the essence. That does not mean that he does not know anything. <laughs> he actually knows everything. and But he also knows how to take out the essence. Um, it actually does not depend either way. So, classic example is Gaurgishwadas, Babaji and Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur. <clears throat> One of them, Gaurgishwadas Babaji is practically an illiterate. He does not even know how to sign his name. I don't know. On the other hand, Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur, his own disciple, is a scholar of unprecedented proportions. So, <clears throat> both of them are equally Mahabhagavatas. So, that advancement in spiritual life is not dependent on uh, material education or not. Both are Saragrahis. And in the if if a um, person is a devotee any other qualifications he may have will become beautified because of his devotion not that a devotee's beauty is because of those qualifications material qualifications huh? uh, iit or anything does not actually give any credibility to any person because when he talks, he must make sense. If you, if you make sense when you talk, they don't care about where you come from actually. If, if the audience can learn something and it is explained in clear, concise, I mean clear terms, people will accept. That is the, that is the whole thing. So, the credentials, the material credentials don't give the beauty or don't add to the beauty of the devotee. His devotional qualifications beautify whatever other qualifications he may have. Like Rupa Goswami, the way he writes, the way he composes verses, with so much alliteration, with so much ornamentation, um, even it sounds nice. Like, it is one thing to have very high philosophy, but to present it in a way which is very attractive, is another thing, right? Um, <clears throat> even Srimad Bhagavatam, so many verses, there is metrical, I mean there is, actually the whole scriptures are like that. Only these few verses here in these chapters are full of prose, this fifth canto, but mostly are all, you know, um, poetry. The light is on. The light is on. So the whole thing is poetry. You, have you seen a scientist, Albert Einstein, uh, writing his thesis in poem, relativity in poem? No, you don't. Almost don't. Maybe they will do I mean, one or two here and there. But they don't uh, explain their theories in poetry. But here we have our highest philosophy. But that's not enough for such composers. 
they want to make it attractive so that people can be attracted and can retain such knowledge they are thinking very much of the end user and uh, this is called user experience the end uh, student so can the student easily grasp this and memorize this and retain it for his own usage so not simply loosely telling some concepts of course that is also has a place i mean there are essays written by acharyas it is all there but to put it in a way where it is in verse format the versification of all philosophy that is uh, at a different level of um, ornamentation you have to require poetic skills you have to have so much um, you know and how much time it takes usually to write a poem compared to writing just a paragraph but they they do it very prolifically because of course practice and you know but such things only are beautified because of the devotion of if the same poet now if you, today in bollywood tollywood and all this they are writing songs yes they have musical sense they have metrical ornamentation subject matter is what i mean recently one song got oscar natu natu <laughs> the whole song is natu 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 so one word just repeating oscar so <laughs> so there is not much ornamentation i mean the meaning is nothing there what is there and even the if you see the lyrics they don't make sense uh, what, what what kind of lyrics is this and they're getting big big big, big recognition acharya should get the recognition what kind of songs they compose you know what kind of meaning they have highest philosophy in song format nice to sing is entertainment for you it's retainment for you it is instructive for you attractive um so we are we are interested in other things than philosophy in the beginning at least uh, we are interested in drama so there is itihasas to attract like mahabharat rama and there is so much drama going on that attracts people and then eventually they are led to the message of it bhagavad gita is the same way um and other people are interested in poetry poetry is actually music is universal everybody has interest in music any good music everybody taps hmm but instead of doing bhajan mandali for uh, some bollywood rascals we should do bhajan for krishna uh, so <clears throat> so that songs are composed by the acharyas and you know songs even the verses are like songs only we can sing them and all the stutis you know we have kunti stuti we have bhishma stuti we have so many stuti gopi geeta bhramara geeta you know full of pralad pralad geeta pralad stuti um vritrasura all kinds of devotees all over the bhagavatam everywhere and we can memorize all that and you know purify ourselves so this is perfection of but saragrahya hmm it must be saragrahya take the essence there is devotion okay i think it's getting very late i'll stop here any uh, questions or comments Yeah, the predominant point in this verse is um, in the same family among the same siblings, different ashrams. You know, that is important note. <coughs> the recognition 
of the acharyas is coming from the supreme judge krishna yeah so oscar and all this what is the point so real recognition is as krishna he recognizes and people actually learn something you know when you read acharyas life changes complete 180 degrees shift we are going towards hell 180 degrees back to godhead so i mean that is the shift in um, the perspective of the people that happens uh, again hell <laughs> So, so I think I will stop it here. Yeah. No, no, no. So the question is: Material varnas are Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and spiritual varnas are Brahmacharya, Grastavana, Prasa, Sanyas. No, no, no. They are ashramas. Varnas and ashramas. The end goal is spiritual. The classification is based on material qualities. But the purpose is spiritual. Both. And when one is totally spiritual, like these Navajogendras, they are not even classified amongst Brahmanas. They are Paramahamsas, Mahabhagavatas. They are actually above Varnashram system and that is what uh, Babaji Vesh means actually that. When one Vesh Babaji gets Babaji title and Vesh, that is actually above Varnashram system. They give up even the sacred thread. Even Sanyasi has sacred thread. Babajis don't have. They wear white color cloth. Sometimes they just wear Kopin only. Nothing else. <coughs> And they don't have any thread also. Yes, of course it is said that when, um, so the question is for those online people. So in Varna there is a consideration of the Guna and Karma. So in the Ashram, is there consideration of guna and karma? So yes. One thing is when the spiritual master initiates, the karma is taken away. But karma-like situations are imposed upon the devotee to elevate him spiritually. That look like tribulations, but actually tests and um, springboards to next levels of advancement. That is stated in the 10.14.8, the purport. Susamikshamano. That, what is that? Tattenu kampam susamikshamano bhunjana evatma kritam vipakam hridvagvapur bhirvidadhan namaste jivitayo muktipadesadaya bhaka. My dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past misdeeds and offering you respectful obeisances with his heart, words and body, surely eligible for liberation for it has become his rightful claim. And here, you see, 
Lord Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully surrenders unto him is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma. However, because in his mind a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality, the Lord removes the last vestiges of the enjoying spirit by giving his devotee punishments that may sometimes resemble sinful reactions. Purpose of the entire creation, of course, is to reduce our sense gratificatory tendencies. So, <clears throat> now initiation also is uh, subjective. Uh, that is explained by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur in his essay that initiation, the effect of initiation is subjective. Uh, it is not the same on all disciples. It depends on one's willingness to execute the order of the spiritual master. And based on that willingness, one gets the advancement. So again, initiation is also not namesake. Just like Varna and all this is not namesake. So if I get a name, it, is, it should not be namesake. One should live up to that name. Like Bhakti Vedanta Swami. So Prabhupada writes in the poem when he reached Boston Harbor, that my name is uh, given Bhakti Vedanta. Then he prays to Krishna, please fulfill the real purport of this name, if you so desire. <clears throat> I don't have bhakti, I don't have knowledge, but my name is Bhakti Vedanta. So, Krishna, please fulfill, you know, the, you know this thing. So, in that way, humbly Prabhupada wrote. But it, it should have meaning. If my name is Govinda Das, then I should behave like Govinda Das. <laughs> so, that is the whole point of it. Just by name and then my activity is something else, then, you know. So, initiation is also like that. Just because I am initiated, now I am liberated. Some people, they beg, they really cry for initiation sometimes. We said, no Prabhu, you have to come more and often. No Prabhu, I will definitely come Prabhu, please, please, I don't know how, one person like this, I don't want to name him. But, you know, he was like, Prabhu, I, I don't know how long I will live anymore, I am already 51 years old. I really want to advance, you know. I, I really want initiation. So serious until you know I was thinking he was going to become Acharya. That kind of, that kind of seriousness he exhibited. <laughs> After initiation, never to be found. Sometimes come and take prasadam. Lunch time or evening time. Never found. Never found for a single Mangalarti after that. I told him, Prabhu. Actually, you are not qualified, okay, but, okay, some, since you are showing, you know, some, this thing, initiation, so Prabhu gave, I will get some karma for recommending, because after that, never lived up to the promise, not just one, another lady was coming, so diligently helping in the kitchen, everything, help, everything, and so serious, like 16 rounds, everything. Initiation, took initiation. I think none of you will know before. Then, initiation. Next day. Never to be found from the next day until now. Ten years passed. <laughs> not even once, not even festivals or sometime prasad, nothing. Singapore. Not even once. They think initiation means liberation. You know, this kind of devotees, <clears throat> that's why it is to be said that Six months, six months. Why is he said? Of course, Prabhupada also initiated some instantaneously. But even sometimes six months also they did properly, but then later on became idiots. You know, went against the Guru, so many things happened. So, of course, we cannot, you know, 
some due diligence has to be done we cannot guarantee that it will never happen fall down it always depends on our introspection and our um, self evaluation every time at all times if we are not self evaluating ourselves comfortable just because no misery is there okay i think you know krishna is blessing me otherwise why am i so comfortable so i'm okay at this position i'm okay no and when krishna gives some jhatka then i will be fully gone all the water will come out like pichkari <laughs> he'll give jhatka and will will pichkari <laughs> come out everything <laughs> and then i'll be starting you know offending devotees you know the classic example i see when the devotee is not advanced is he cannot take chastisement it is tested when he is chastised when he is chastised he will make the devotee's enemy how can he say like this i say why you cannot say like this why you cannot say what is the, what is the problem huh? can i can i show you some examples of uh, more drastic and more uh, dramatic things that were said by acharyas you want to you want me to tell so i will ask him like this you mean to say this is so much unacceptable to you uh, you why don't you take the intention even if it is sounded harsh what is the intention huh? is it not good for you if you take it in the right way so why can't i take it like that you mean the devotee should absolutely not scold anybody not chastise anybody he he will be smiling only is there a devotee what is the meaning of uh, the association of devotees association means not uh, simply gathering around chatting gossiping uh, on chit chatting gossip you know there is not association of devotees oh i will not uh, associate with karmis because all gossip i'll associate devotees and do gossip that is not a association of devotees what happens in devotee association yatrottama shloka gunanuvada prastuyate gramya katha vighatah nishevyamano nudinam mumukshor matim satim yachati vasudeve i have a beautiful story regarding this happened last week no this week okay, let me who are the pure devotees mentioned here in an assembly of pure devotees there is no question of discussing material subjects like politics and sociology in an assembly of pure devotees there is discussion only of the qualities forms and pastimes of the supreme personality of godhead he is praised and worshiped with full attention in the association of pure devotees by constantly hearing such topics respectfully even a person who wants to merge into the existence of absolute truth abandons his idea and gradually becomes attached to the service of vasudev this is pure devotees good example um, sorry just 2 minutes so we went to the farm you know two days we were there uh the first day there was one uh, man who used to come to the farm not used to he is now also coming every day almost indian man um he came so prabhu was talking to him so his profession he used to be something now he is having some of course he is still in the meat industry he has some he is rearing some chicken there is one aspect but apart from that his main core this thing is now it used to be his hobby now is profession still his hobby artifact collection relic collection from ancient times 1900s 1800s 1700s or whatever in those times so he has a metal detector he'll go around everywhere 
collect some coins from the he showed us some coin from the 17th century you know hmm? like hexagonal shape or some crude way of coin so that was there some you know some um, engraving was also there on that that kind of thing was there so he was saying so he is saying that you know there is so much gold in this area so he he got one stone and then the stone you know there's so much shining if, if you can turn like this so much shining shining thing he said this is gold gold dust so he was saying like that. he was talking about you know this thing that thing and he was talking about you know um, of course he told that i did not take the vaccine and all that and then he was saying illuminati and all these things okay fine and then he was going in this way and he was not having any religious aspect or religious viewpoint of life so at one point you know prabhu okay, he was having a conversation with him and tagging along with what he was saying and you know and then suddenly he said you know yeah but you know this illuminati and all this you think they are controllers they are not controllers krishna is illuminati of the illuminati then he started preaching and the rest of one and a half hours solid preaching so <laughs> devotees may engage in conversation with outsiders and in fact he very very much appreciated also you know um <clears throat> at the end so he may start off with because that is where they are at so i may devotee meets them sometimes he may engage in conversation similar to theirs and then he routes it to krishna consciousness <laughs> he you know he was basically a gold digger you know gold digger <laughs> he was literally a gold digger so he made him into person who can become a devotee now so gold digger of course people who you know those girls who opportunists you know um, they find some guy who are you know rich and then they want to be their girlfriend and wife and so they can get all the perks the so gold digger so he was practically a gold digger hmm so actually we are all like that only we are opportunists we are gold diggers even when we come to krishna only for our material benefits there is also gold digger only i mean because he he has everything he can do everything oh, please do this for me <laughs> because god can do everything so you do this for me so <laughs> so there is actually gold diggers so now we have to become you know devotees where it's only for krishna so that is the association of that is a changing thing in the association of devotees that is what makes a place a dham purifying factor is the association of devotees you can bathe in the ganga for 50 years you will not have the same realization by that doing and snan and snan maybe you will associate some sadhus who are also coming for the ganga snan and there others how you of course snan is also purifying but then the association of the sadhus is the real thing of course there are verses on that so that's the point so all right i think i'll stop here grantra shrimad bhagavatam ki jai shila prabhupada ki jai nitai gaur premanand